Hi, welcome to another teaching message from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We are tremendously blessed and grateful to have Reverend and Reverend Mrs. Emmanuel Ose with us um, this morning. Um, his son preached in church last year and the previous year and was an incredible blessing, but today you're going to have the father. <laughs> and um, he is such a blessing that's a picture from 2014 you can see how long my wife's neck is oh jesus you can see see what the lord has done and um, just to say that through the years they have not only been a father and, and mother to us but you know they are to the body of christ when you see people who have served decades and decades just faithfully in the gospel um pouring their lives and pastoring and loving and serving it's just an incredible blessing that we get to be sitting in today. And I want to say thank you for your sacrifice to be with us today. Um, it did take a lot coming in from Ilori where they serve um, as elite senior pastors at Champions Church in Ilori, coming in, their traveling schedules and all of that. Um, I, I, I asked Rev, can we tie down a weekend? And he was so gracious um, to grant that and to be here with us today. They've been a blessing through the weekend. Yesterday, we got to have some meetings together um, just with some leaders and couples and all of that. But um, first service was a blast and um, we're in for something really special today. Um, now, some of you might be meeting them for the first time, um, but I would say that if you're a member of Sikamo Church, you're standing in the fruit of their faithfulness. If this church has been a blessing to you, because I must say, and it must be on record, nine years ago when the Lord began to speak to me um, to um, start this out, and it was in very unusual circumstances, and there was a lot to be thinking about that was hazy. And there were two people specifically that God led me to in that instruction. And one of them has gone to be with Jesus, Paradise Ogon, and the second person was Reverend Hussein. And, gosh, I get here again. And just the openness of heart. I still remember just reaching out and saying, can I come to Ilari? And I came and he opened his heart and believed and prayed and supported and just loved us. And not just as a one-off thing, but just through the seasons, through years and years, I've sat in that office and just been so impacted. And today we're grateful, not just to say that for myself, but I say it for everything that we do, my wife and I, our family. We're so grateful. And so this morning, I just want us to honor and receive Reverend Emmanuel Oset. This is Prince Scott. Thank you. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 19. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 19. I read from verse 11 to verse 16. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought unto the sheik handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preached. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, a chief of the priests, which did so. The evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was, 
leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. May the Lord bless his word into our hearts. Let me share with you for some time uh, on the subject, the man God uses. The man God uses. For God to tremendously use a man in the fullness of his will, that man has to have some knowledge of God. Daniel, in Daniel chapter 11 verse 32 said, They that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So you're coming here by the grace of God from time to time to hear the word of God, to sit in the place where the Holy Spirit is at work, you are knowing God. I said you are knowing God. By the word of God that comes. Because one of the ways you know the Lord is through his word. You know the Lord through his word. His word is taught. Then you have an understanding of his mind. Another way you know the Lord is by revelation of his creation. In Romans 1.20, the Bible says... The invisible things of God are clearly seen. Now that sounds paradoxical. What you cannot see, it says they are clearly seen. It says, let us look at it. You might want to underline it in your Bible. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. Knowing God through the things that he has made. Romans 1 verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood, how? By the things that are made, even as far as his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. If God grants you revelation into the things that he has made, you will see his majesty. I can, for instance, look at whoever, <clears throat> I mean, remember, meet the man who, produce this thing, but I can look at the product and reach certain conclusions about the person that would be right. For example, I can say the person has some finesse. I may never meet him, but clearly this is a very beautiful thing. There is symmetry. There is everything perfect. I say the person has finesse. His product is good, and it's the product of his mindset. So one of the ways you know the Lord is as the Lord gives you revelation into the things he has made. You look at the awesomeness of the skies. You look at the heavens, like the psalmist said, when I see the heavens, the works of thy hands. You look, for instance, at the, uh, the river bodies that the Lord has created, the oceans, the seas, the rivers, the streams. They portray God's majesty. You look at a bouncing baby girl. Each time I see a child, I'm awed by the majesty of God. That bundle of joy is, is so beautiful, so smooth. You can see everything is patterned to that body, showing the majesty of God. So by the things that God has created, if God will open your understanding, you get to know, at least to some degree, how great he is. Number three, through a personal encounter. You know God 
also through a personal encounter in the days in which the Bible was not available, the times of people like Abraham, God manifested himself to them by his different names. And he said, well, you have seen me as this, but now I'm manifesting myself to you as that. In Acts chapter 9, Saul was on his way to Damascus and he had an encounter. Came a light from heaven that was brighter than the noonday sun and he had his name mentioned. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuted me? He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus, whom you persecute. He had that encounter and he never forgot that encounter. It was a clear turning point in his life. So through a personal encounter, a person can also know the Lord some more. But the perfect understanding of the Father, you see through Jesus. Philip came to Jesus and said, show us the Father, and he will be satisfied. Jesus said, Philip, what do you mean show us the Father? Have I been so long with you, and yet you do not know me? He who has sent me has sent the Father. Praise the Lord. Jesus, the physical embodiment of the Godhead, everything he did, he did it on the prompting of the Father. He told them, he said, the words that I speak, they are not mine. As I hear, so I speak. So Jesus Christ is the excellent portrayal in bodily form of the Father. In Hebrews, he says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke to our fathers by the prophets, as in these last days, spoken to us by his son, who is the express image of his person and the brightness of his glory. Praise the Lord forevermore. The person that wants God to use him remarkably must know the God he's serving. For example, there is, there is a way you don't talk on behalf of God. The Bible says, whoever speaks for God must speak how? As an oracle of God. You don't talk about God uh, in fits and starts and talk apologetically. There's nobody to apologize to when you are talking about God. You talk boldly. Otherwise, you sit down. Somebody comes to town, for instance, and he's representing the president. You can see it in his very courage. You can see it in his confidence. They say, who is he? They say, well, he's representing the president of Nigeria. They say, well, no wonder. He talks as if he owns our campus. That's because of the one. So you must have the understanding of the majesty, the glory, the sovereignty, the supremacy of the God that you serve. The God that split the Red Sea into two and caused waters to become pillars on either side. And it caused this children of Israel to walk through dry shod. That's the God that you are representing. When you are representing a God like that, you don't apologize to anybody. When you are representing a God like that, there has to be boldness. There has to be clarity. And it comes with power. The man God uses is a man who must understand the supremacy, the majesty of the God that he serves. Praise the Lord forevermore. If Moses goes into Pharaoh's palace and then he addresses Pharaoh, who at that time, Egypt at that time, this was like the United States is now. It was the superpower country of that day. And yet Moses went before him, thus said the Lord, let my people go that he may serve me. Nobody ever spoke to Pharaoh like that before. But this man is coming from God, who is the king of all kings. 
So the man that will represent God and will go far in terms of God using him must know the Lord and continue to know the Lord because you cannot finish knowing the Lord. Can somebody say amen? amen. And I know you listening this morning by the grace of God, you are going to go places for God. Amen. God is going to reveal himself to you and you will do exploits. Daniel left his testimony for us. You will leave your testimony for coming generations. He said, they that do know their God shall be what? Strong and do exploits. You see a Joseph in the, in the courts of, of, of Egypt. And he stands boldly. He gives them the word of the Lord. He speaks no equivocation, no apology. Because he's representing the king of kings, the ultimate one. In the name of Jesus you will live your life and adequately represent the ultimate one. The God who is the one and only should not, cannot be compared to anybody. That is your heavenly father. And by the grace of God, you will not cringe before anybody. You will do it boldly, however God wants you to represent him. The second thing you have to know in order that God might use you is that the man God will use must have a remarkable amount of hunger and thirst. You have to be. You see, God does not give his drinks to people who are not thirsty. You go to wedding receptions and you see some people who drink their, you know, their drinks and so much is left in the bottle. Why? Because they were not very thirsty. You know, in many of those receptions, you give your drink to people who are not thirsty. So some of them will just drink it out and leave the rest. They waste your money. But if you want somebody to drink in the way that you will like, give your drink to somebody or give your food to somebody who is starving. He will eat it and lick his fingers. God does not give his drink to people who are not very thirsty. One thing you have to have, in order for God to use you, there has to be a large amount of longing. A large amount of thirsting after him. A.W. Tozer wrote a book, The Pursuit of God. You have to be chasing after God. You say to yourself, I have only one life and I give it to God. I want God to bring me to the maximum of his will and purpose for my life. Can somebody say amen? amen. May the Lord increase your appetite for him. Amen. The problem with many people is that their appetite is rather low. You come to the Lord and they go through a service and they, they sleep halfway through the service. The appetite is very low. One of the ways you know somebody is sick if he doesn't, he doesn't eat very well. Isn't that true? He says, Tunde, why are you eating like that? Huh? Are you okay? He says, well, really, I've not been okay. Says, I've been watching you. This is not the way you normally eat. By the grace of God, you will not be spiritually sick. God will touch your appetite. The Lord will increase your appetite for him. You will desire to know him and know him and keep knowing him. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. People who walked with God before us and who did well, this principle was with them. There was a Scotsman called John Knox. He was greatly used of God. So much so that the queen of UK at that time was afraid of him. He said, she said, I'm not so much, I think it was Queen Victoria, so I'm not so much afraid of the armies of Scotland as of the man called John Knox because he was such a prayer warrior. 
He could do anything on his knees before God. John Knox said, oh God, give me Scotland or I die. That's right. And God gave him Scotland. Esther said, I will go before the king, even though this is not the norm. If I perish, I perish. This is somebody who has, is biting the bullet. Whatever it will cost by the grace of God, I'm ready. I will go before the king. I take my life in my hand. I will go before the king. People who make history for God, that is one of their characteristics. There are people who say, God helping me. I'm not going to be a mediocre. God will cause me to walk upon my high places. I only have one life and I give it back to God. Hunger, passion. And you know when you are doing what you are doing with hunger in your heart, it causes you to catch fire. When you listen to somebody who is a flame inside, you know, it's spirit to spirit. As he's talking, your spirit is registering it. He says, this man means business. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, your heart will catch fire for God. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And they went out and turned the world right side up. By the grace of God, you will do that for the Lord. Your life will not be a wasted life. Every bit of ground, like the Lord said to you, like, uh, you, you know, said to Joshua, every bit of ground that the soles of your feet shall tread upon, he said, I'll give it to you. I'm talking to the people this day who will do great things for God. Out of your means will arise apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers. People who will carry the anointing far and wide and shake the world for the Lord. So I'm looking at you by the grace of God. None of you is going to lead an ordinary life. You will be a star for the Lord. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Don't let your appetite for the Lord decrease. Anything you do and your appetite is fervent. It brings out the best in you. It brings out the best in you. It brings out the best in you. So there has to be a larger appetite. Number three, for God to use you remarkably, you must know who you are in Christ. Your redemption rights must be very clear to you. Why? For so many reasons, amongst which is the fact that we are up against satanic opposition. But by the grace of God, you cannot be intimidated. Your amen is very cold here. Because the devil will try to stop you. Anything that's of God, Satan will oppose it. So you have to know who you are. <laughs> who sent you? <laughs> I remember those days when Archbishop Idahosa was still around. There was an American evangelist who came and had a crusade in Calabar. And ah, they attacked the evangelist and sent him packing. I can't remember the name of the guy now, but it's the host said it in my presence. They attacked the evangelist. It just kept raining cats and dogs every day until the man packed up his bag and went back to America. Then the host said, well, I'm coming. He said, tell Ulumba, Ulumba, Obu, I'm coming for my own crusade. He said, he can come out with all his artillery. He said, God will be there. And then the host went there to the glory of God in the life of that man. He held that crusade successfully. Souls were saved. Miracles took place. And there was not a drop from heaven of rain. 
boldness. You have to know who you are, who sent you. And you cannot go around making excuses. Talking and apologizing to everybody. God does not apologize to people. If God sent you, you have to have a clear message from him and be bold about it. So you, have, you need to know who you are in Christ. And I'll just remind you of a few things that you are in Christ. You are the temple of God. You have become God's residence. God's address. Everywhere you go, you carry God with you. T.L. Osborne said, wherever I go, I carry God with me. He said, that's why the devil is always in trouble. Because when I get somewhere, God gets there. Oh my Lord, write that somewhere. Anytime you get somewhere, God has just arrived. You are a student in the name of Jesus. You are, you are in that class. You, are do, uh, not, you don't need to tell your mates. No, they will say you, say you are boasting. But by the grace of God, you know who will lead the parade in that class. By the grace of God, you will be one of the leaders. You will, you will make Jesus proud in that class. You are not in that class to be a mediocre. They are not going to give you something you can't hold out. By the grace of God, you will excel. Your light will shine. You speak to your mind. Your mind is an anointed mind. The mighty name of Jesus, you must know who you are. Stop running from pillar to post. Get your acts together. Who are you? Because the devil wants to see. There, some brethren were ministering deliverance to a particular lady some years ago. And suddenly she got up, prompted them by the demon in her. And she looked at one of the people praying and said, what are you standing on? The brother had not been sure, said, I'm standing on my feet. He slapped him. Yeah, demons, you don't mess around with demons. So she slapped that brother and the brother lost his balance and fell down. He went to the next person and said, what are you standing on? I said, I'm standing on the promises of God. He said, okay. You can't touch somebody that's standing on what God has said. But the one who said he was standing on his feet, he brought him down. In the name of Jesus, they will not be able to bring you down. The Lord has established you. And you will be an institution like David. David was the last born in his family, but he became an institution. The flag of Israel is known as the star of David. And I see that the Lord is incubating you in this place. And he's building himself an army that will be strong in the Lord. And you will go out and win souls. You will go out and touch lives. Turn your world right side up to the glory of God. None of you will be in an entity in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I said, you must know who you are in Christ. Be conscious of what you carry. You carry the presence of God. In Luke 17, 21, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is not a matter of loo here, loo there. He said, the kingdom of God is in you. Luke 17, 21. The kingdom of God is where? It's in you. So everywhere you go, you will leave the fragrance of the kingdom behind. Because the kingdom of God is in you. The life of God is in you. The glory of God is in you. The anointing of God is in you. <laughs> for you to do exploits for the Lord, 
you must know what you carry. When a balloon is released and it goes far high into the skies, it doesn't go high into the skies because of its color, but because of what it is carrying. And it is because of what you are carrying in God, of God, that you will overcome them. It says in the, in the, in the epistle of John, it said, you know, fear not because you have overcome them for greater is the one who is in you than the one who is in the war. You have overcome them because when Jesus did it, he did it for you. Amen. Amen. The next thing you have to know for God to use you remarkably, you must know what he has given you grace for because that's your place of functioning. Hello? Ephesians 4, 7. It says, unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Unto every one of us is given what? Grace. You are not a graceless person. But God wants you to function in the place where he has given you grace. That's your location. And when God puts you somewhere, the place will fit you and you will fit the place. One of the ways you know whether you are standing in the place in the office God has called you to is that it fits you and you fit the place. God does not put square pegs in round holes. He puts square pegs in square holes. In the name of Jesus, you will fit and the place will fit you. Look at the people ministering and worship there. I can't do what they did. If you, are, if you try to do something that you don't have grace for, you struggle. That's one of the ways you know you struggle. Some years ago, my wife and I were a place out of the country and a lady came forward, you know, some places people want to sing special numbers. And you could tell that she probably had been worrying her pastor. Pastor, I have a special number, pastor. And my wife and I were sitting in front like this and she came out and she held the microphone and she started singing and all of us were trying not to laugh because she looked so ridiculous. Yeah, she looked so ridiculous. And she wouldn't let go of the microphone. You know, there are people like that. Okay, okay, so if you have to do something you don't have grace for, then make it fast. <laughs> make it very fast. <laughs> that lady didn't make it fast. So she was singing, I can't remember this, oh, hallelujah. And then some people will say, well, you know, don't listen to the words, just, don't listen to the song, just listen to the words, which is a stupid thing to say. <laughs> if you sing a song, you don't tell us not to listen to the, to the melody. The melody is as important. Otherwise, you read it, you don't sing it. And the lady held us to ransom, and I was sitting in front like this. And I didn't want her to see me laughing at her. <laughs> so I was struggling with myself. At a point, I started speaking in tongues. <laughs> but it didn't help me. Because when you, the way God made us, if you are doing something that's ridiculous, people will laugh. If people don't laugh, when they, then something's wrong with them. So she held the microphone. I was just wishing, oh Lord, may she release the microphone. <laughs> Let her give the microphone back. That's what happens when you are standing in a place you are not graced for. If you try to do what you don't have grace to do, it may lead to disgrace. So what you don't have grace for, leave it alone. Don't even come close. 
you look at people and they do very well, it's because God gave them grace for it. And it's like that in every area of life. In your career, it's like that. In academics, it's like that. In the ministry, it's like that. If it, God called you to do something, he empowers you. He enables you to do it. Philippians 2.13, for it is God that works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. The name of Jesus, you will know your place. And you will be a master in your own house. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, another thing that is very, very important in order for God to use you is that you must, in the language of Hebrews, make straight paths for your feet. Make straight paths for your feet. There are certain things you can do in the Christian life and it will be hard for you to backslide. And there are certain things you can do and even if you want to be a serious Christian, it will not be possible. For example, somebody that is irregular at attending fellowships. You don't know where his church, you don't know where he's not around. Most of the time he's anonymous. So even if he goes for one month, people will not know. But the one who comes weekly, uh, if you don't find me, you say, I haven't seen Brady lately. Did they travel? Somebody say, yes. I uh -huh. say, no wonder. In the name of Jesus, you will not be anonymous. Particularly in your own place. If they have to be looking for you in your own place of grace. God Almighty came and said, Adam, where are thou? Adam! Adam was at large. In the name of Jesus, you will not be at large. You carry certain things for your generation. And in the name of Jesus, you will deliver the message. Powerfully from God. You will make a difference. Your life will not be a wasted life. Amen. Your days will count for God. Amen. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Make straight paths for your feet. There comes a time, the way God made us, you know, right? You have to settle down and get married. Because your body is, is complaining. There's no need to try to bind your body. You can't bind your body. That's the way God made everybody. So, well, you know, I don't... The other day I was somewhere and I saw a lady. My head was just doing zim, zim. It means you should begin to think of getting married now. You have a good job. You say, Lord, I burn that spirit. I was trying to make me lost. No, that's the way God made us. You just know how to handle it, that's all. So you begin to pray and if you already are in a courtship now, your days as a bachelor boy are numbered. That's just what he's telling you. So we begin to make plans. Get your wife, get married, so that by the grace of God, you don't have any distractions. But if somebody says, no, I know a man of God that married at the age of 40, I too shall do the same, okay? Try to do something you don't have grace for, you won't find it funny. So people sometimes put themselves in unnecessary troubles when they do not handle certain things very well. But by the grace of God, you will walk in wisdom. Amen. Make straight paths for your feet. Everybody that knows me knows my wife. Even when we travel abroad, it's me and my wife. Minister in the U.S. and the U.K., it's me and my wife. That's my signature. <laughs> if I did know us so much so where we live, 
if we go for meetings, they say, ah, Reverend. You know, because it's a given. If they see me, they conclude my wife, either she has not come out of the car or something, she's around somewhere unless she travels. And it, it helps you. And it makes you close. She's part of my anointing. <laughs> and in the name of Jesus, your wife, your husband will not be far from you. Let me add another blessing. In the name of Jesus, may you be married to your friend. Marry your friend. Jesus said, watch and pray. When it comes to marriage, you just say, well, I was just praying and lo, as I beheld the skies, you know, the skies open and lo and behold, no, you will watch like this. You will pray, you pray, you watch. Because you are the one that we choose. God will just lead you. Amen. So in the name of Jesus, you will make straight paths for your feet. You need also to continue to improve. One of the ways people attain greatness in the things of the spirit is through growth. Growth. Every living thing grows. And God made that. We said one of the ways you understand God's ways is by looking at the things he has created. Living things all grow. If something does not grow, it's either it is inanimate, it does not have life, or it's dead. You must continue to grow. You must never become a cake. In the name of Jesus, you will always be relevant. Continue to improve yourself. Continue to be a sponge for knowledge. Get yourself some knowledge. It will make you sophisticated. You become a vessel of honor in the hand of God. You go there, you deliver. I, I never knew it. But we've had opportunities, particularly outside of the country. There have been times I was called to address diplomats. I've been to Geneva four times. Geneva, outside of New York, most of the headquarters of UN organs are in Geneva. So sharpen your reflexes. You don't know where God is taking you to. Don't be self-satisfied. Say, oh Lord, I want you to take me to a higher level. Grab good knowledge. Be the kind of person who talks with understanding. Don't mix up your, sense, your tenses. Doesn't mean you'll be an expert in, in English grammar. But at least so that you'll be able to communicate effectively. Growth is very important. Development is very important. I saw a billboard somewhere so many years ago. And they wrote on it, even gold can be refined. I said, that's true. Even gold can be refined. Gold is in different grades. And in the name of Jesus, you will be the best that God wants you to be. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Place for improvement, training in the things of God so that you become more and more sophisticated. Become a vessel of honor made for the master's use. You take somebody like David, for instance. The last in the family of eight boys. And God took him from the sheep coat and used him to do something. He was the last. Ordinarily, if your family is a family of boys and you are number eight, 
Ah, the other seven will prepare you. So, survival of the fittest. But David, the hand of God was upon him. You remember when he went to the battle for him the day that Israel fed Goliath? And Eliab, when he was asking questions, Eliab said, ah, you asking questions, do you see anybody who's your size here? And the Bible says he left his brother and went to somebody else. God was already using him and eventually God used him to save the nation from the shame that was already impending. God is building you. You are going to be his battle axe and his weapon of war. You are going to turn the tables against the enemy in families, in extended families. Some of you, you come from your hometown. You will be the spearhead of the great things that God will do in that hometown. For now, he's building you up. There is coming a day in which God is going to be doing amazing things and you will have a part in using that day. You are part of God's program. Meanwhile, you are in school. You are undergoing training. That's why you are here. So by the grace of God, you will make the most of it. When there is refinement, when there is improvement, then you add value. That's what you do. Anytime you refine anything, you add value to that thing. It becomes more expensive. And when you improve yourself, you add value, so to say, to yourself. Somebody said a bar of steel initially costs $5. And eventually it was turned into a horseshoe. The horseshoe cost a little bit more. And out of that horseshoe, a part of it was taken and was used to manufacture some parts of Rolex wristwatches. And there are some Rolex wristwatches that cost about $250,000. So, from being part of something that was $5, moved on to $10 or $20, eventually, out of refinement, it became part of something that cost $250,000. The more refined you are, the better God uses you. You become a sophisticated implement in his hand. He uses you to touch nations. He uses you to touch people in high and low places. So don't stop improving yourself because by the grace of God, your day is coming. And that day is not far away. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, God, we use, must have that mindset. One of the things I thank God for, one of the graces God has given me is that I'm an avid learner. I'm always learning. From young and old. Because in truth, you have something to learn from the other person. You might not have your degree. Maybe you don't have his experience. You can learn. Learn something new. That certificate you had in the university, that's not the end of your learning. Continue to learn. Continue to soak it in. The more you do that, the more useful you become. In the name of Jesus, may you become a sponge for knowledge. Two more points and then I pray for you. The man God will use remarkably must say an eternal no to discouragement. You must say an eternal no to discouragement. God wants Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 about this very thing. 
He said, Moses, my servant, is dead now. It's your turn. But again and again, the Lord repeated to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, you must be strong and be of a good courage. You will not be intimidated. Because God sent you. And he who sent you believes in you. Don't be waiting for the approval of people. God already has approved you. That's why you are here. Those who know it say that before conception takes place, millions of sperm cells are released and only one fertilizes the egg. And so in the first race of your life, you won that race. Relative to millions of the other cells, you wonder, how can you say that you are a failure? When a child of God begins to think that way, obviously Satan is at work. What makes you say you are a failure? When everything about you depicts that you are not only a success, you are exceptional. And then you look at yourself, nobody like you in the world. The population of the world now is over 7 billion. But you will not go anywhere in all the six continents or five continents and find anybody like you. You are unique to you. The shape of your skull, nobody in the world has it. The cadence of your voice, nobody else has it. Or at least you know the fingerprints. Nobody has your fingerprints. But it's not just your fingerprints. So many other things about you are peculiar. Your eyeballs. That's why you go to embassies and they take a snapshot of that. Because it's, it's peculiar to you. God made you and he put his signature upon you. You are original to yourself. God doesn't want you to copy anybody. Be true to yourself, but be your best self. Whatever comes now that is not good by the grace of God, you are superior to it. You are going to overcome it. Don't be intimidated. Greater is the one who is in you than the one who is in the world. By the grace of God, the number of your challenges will be the number of your testimonies. Every one of them, you will put under your feet. You will clap every time a mountain faces you. Prophesy to that mountain and say, mountain, I say to you by the word of the Lord, I will get over you. Soon and very soon you will not be there. I will still be here. It's either you climb over it or you pass by it or you go through it. But this thing is sure. After some while, the mountain will no longer be there, but you will be there. Because you are an eternal entity. A message from the heart of God. By the grace of God, you will hold in your place, you will fill your office, and you will be what you were born to be. God believes in you, and that's why you are here. He will not have given you another day extra if he thought you were not necessary. You are important in his program. Don't let anybody intimidate you. We live in a world where people will say all kinds of things, but ultimately... There is one voice you must be listening to. It is the voice of your heavenly father. And he believes in you. This is your day. And by the grace of God, you will not sell your bat right. Yeah. By your heads, I want to pray for you. The man God uses. That is the person I'm talking to. That is you. He's going to use you so greatly. Thank the Lord for it. Worship him. Adore him. Glorify him. For yourself. Somebody is here in this conference. You came so discouraged. But the Lord says, I have lifted you up. And it says concerning that issue. Very soon, it will turn to you for a testimony. 
I don't know who you are from Adam, but the word came clearly to my heart. Soon and very soon, it shall turn to you for a testimony. If you are that person, just thank him there. Just bless his name. Everlasting Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people. I pray, O oh God, that your word will be made flesh. Your will concerning them, I pray it will be made flesh. And to your glory, they will run, they will not be weary. They will walk, they will not be tired. In the mighty name of Jesus, the king of you, the king in you will manifest. I said the king inside of you will manifest. In the name of Jesus, all attempts by the enemy to box you in will fail. You are coming out of the box. This very day, I decree in the name of Jesus, you come out of that box in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing will hold you down. You will not hold yourself down. By the grace of God, you will finish gloriously. Strength to the people of God. Power to the people of God. Grace to the people of God. A fresh anointing to the people of God. It is done. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Your hands together for the Lord. God bless you all. Please have your seat. I'm now going to pray for your pastor and his wife. I'm going to pray for them. God is using them to do something that is of major importance in these last days. As they come forward, please give the Lord a hand. Thank you. The rest of us, let's stand before the Lord. I must thank the Lord for the beauty of Jesus that I find in this place. A people that are forward-looking. A people who have the grace of God that work in their lives. A people that Satan will not be able to crack. By the grace of God, God has established this place. And you are part of this story. And by the grace of God, great things in righteousness are taking place here and will continue to take place here. There are two parts to this prayer. I know you love your pastor. I don't have to ask. I've seen it on your face, your voice, your body language shows it. I know you love your pastor. Stretch your hand toward himself and his wife and pray from your heart. Your pastor the under shepherd of God over this flock. Just pray as you are led. Pray in the spirit or in the understanding also. In the spirit or in the understanding also. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. They minister to you. See to it that you are on top of the game of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name I pray. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. I thank you, Lord, for I see that you have made this place 
a barracks for grooming, grooming your army that you are constituting in these last times. I worship you, I adore you, my king. Be fully glorified. And I want to thank you for your servants. Tulu Modi and his wife, Adibola. And I thank you, Lord, for your presence, enveloping them, empowering them to do the work. And I pray in the name of Jesus that they will never look back. Father, you said, he that lays his hand on the plow looks back. It's no feet for the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus, may it be that this couple will never look back. God who has called you is faithful. Who has been working in you. And all of these precious souls that have come to this place. As they were led by the spirit of the living God. By the grace of God. The grace, the word of the Lord will never be scarce in your mouth. The word of the Lord will dwell in you richly and you will continue to abound in his grace. By the grace of God, the work will not be difficult for you. It says the anointing breaks the yoke. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Son of God, may the Lord increase your anointing. May the Lord increase his grace in your lives. The wisdom you need and all of the gifts of the Spirit with which the early church function in the mighty name of Jesus. May your anointing continue to be fresh. Fresh like the dew of heaven coming all the way from heaven in the name of Jesus. Uh, your anointing will never be obsolete. It will be fresh coming from the throne. All the wisdom you need by the grace of God will be available in you by the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus. Nothing will discourage you. The Lord will establish you to himself. A holy family. In the mighty name of Jesus. Your health will be robust. In the mighty name of Jesus. You will always forever be in control of your faculties. Your two legs will carry you. You will never lean on a crutch. In the mighty name of Jesus. My Lord, the Holy Spirit himself that bears you as on eagle's wings, he will continue to carry you to heights and in distances where he wants you to get to. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will serve the Lord with gladness. You will serve the Lord with gladness. You will not serve him with difficulty. In the mighty name of Jesus, the coast is clear. And in the name of Jesus, it will remain clear. Nothing will impede you there shall be no obstruction. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Whatever is your heart's desire, that's in your heart now, I join faith with yours. And I agree with you that soon and very soon, it will become a testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus, your children will be outstanding. Your children will go far and will fully be what God wants them to be. This is a place of great things. A place of great testimonies. God takes delight in this place. And to his glory it will continue to be so. In the name of the Father. And of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord.
What a word. I, I feel like a lot of things have been reset in me. Um, I, I don't think I'll recover from this anytime soon. I, can we say a big thank you to Reverend this morning? Amazing. I think that, I think that, um, I think powerful atmosphere of faith in the house this morning. And you know what we want to do? We want to give somebody a chance to respond to God this morning. Um, can we have all eyes closed, all head bowed in the house this morning? I feel somebody is here and you've heard those words and you want to start a relationship with Jesus. You want an anchor for your soul. You know, we are hearing of how there is a hope we can have in our soul. And someone here is not in the right stance with Jesus. I want to give you that, rest, that chance to respond to Jesus. Alright? And I'm going to count to three and I want you to put your hand on your chest if you are the one I'm speaking to this morning. Alright? One, God loves you. He sent his son Jesus to die for you. Two, today is the day of the Lord, do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart if you hear his voice. Three, if I'm speaking to you, I want to put your hands on your chest right now. God bless you. God bless you. I see hands there right now. God bless you. And if you're online, there is how I want you to put your hands on your heart right now as you respond to Jesus this moment and say, This is the day that I make Jesus the Lord and the Savior of, of my life. God bless you. I see hands all over the building. I see hands in the back. And I want to give somebody one more second to just make that response to Jesus this morning. God bless you. All right. If you put your hand on your chest, we're going to say a prayer together. We believe that we are a family and not a crowd. And so the whole body of Christ this morning will say that prayer along with you. And if you are saying that prayer, I want you to say it with extra vigor. For God sees you at this moment. God loves you. Let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today. Because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son Jesus. I ask that you come into my heart. And today I make Jesus Christ the Savior and the Lord of my life. I ask that you forgive me of my sins and give me a whole new start. I will stand for you, I will live for you, and one day I will be with you in eternity. Fill me with your grace, fill me with your spirit, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Does somebody want to clap about it? Thank you so much for joining us here at Sycamore Church. If you pray that prayer at the end, we are so excited about your decision for Jesus, and we would love to help you get established in your relationship with him. So please, let us know about your decision at www.sycamore.church forward slash Jesus. There, you'll also find all kinds of resources to help you build your relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed this message, we would love for you to subscribe wherever you are listening or visit www.sycamore.church forward slash resources. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.